You are now listening to Double Jump Radio. G'day everyone and welcome back to Double Jump Radio Live. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. John, how are you, my friend? I'm pretty good. Um, naturally playing no games. And, um, <laughs> otherwise, yeah, otherwise doing all right. What about you? Yeah, Had yeah. something big happened? <laughs> yeah, I, I did, uh, I uh, completed a quest, a quest line I've been, uh, been uh, tackling for a long time now, and that is uh, getting married, so... You know, two years after having kind of like a COVID five persons, you know, wedding where you had the whole signing, we finally yeah. had our proper ceremony with family and friends, uh, even family kind of visit, uh, like watching from, you know, Google Meet across the world. So that was a lot of fun. That was last Thursday. Um, for folks at home, and, and I guess for you as well, John, um, I come from a Southeast Asian background, so we generally... <clears throat> so the weddings that we tend to have back home or I guess like a, Hindu weddings in general go over multiple days and even though we condensed a lot of the events into a couple of days it's still there still was a, a lot to do and um yeah so like my wife had her henna done on the Monday last week and I got some henna done as well I'm not sure if uh, the oh, stream okay. can see so it's a bit faded now but we had some some kind of matching henna and she had a lot more work obviously done and then on the Wednesday, we had uh, a turmeric ceremony where I, I guess culturally we, like y- your friends and family come over to the house and they kind of put turmeric like paste on, on your body as like turmeric, I guess, oh. is like a traditional, uh, you know, like antiseptic slash kind of like skin cleanser, like has a lot of uh, health benefits. So I'm not sure if it's like a mix of that plus some religious significance as well. And then on the Thursday, we had the actual... Um, wedding day we had you know everyone getting ready in the morning then we did a pre-wedding shoot and then we did the actual wedding ceremony and we did a traditional hindu wedding ceremony a condensed version of it which still went for about three hours and then we had dinner with the the bridal party afterwards so it was like a bit of a crazy day a long day but i think everyone had fun it was it was so much like fun just seeing everyone and 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 sharing all the love and happiness together so it was a Definitely a lot, uh, like a lot of um, a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so uh, apologies for our, I think it's been four weeks, like three four week break, in terms of not not being there for you all. But we're happy to be back, John. Uh, good to see you again. Good to talk uh, yeah. talk games again. H- how have, uh, have you? What have you been up to? Um, I did play one game, but I only played it for a couple of days. Which is like Mech Extermination Squad, which gotcha. is like this sort of uh, <clears throat> it's like Mega Man Bionic Commando esque, or like they're uh, like an homage to both of them, like uh, Boss Rush sort of mm. thing. I I liked a lot of it. I didn't love aspects of it, and then otherwise I've been playing Pokemon Go too much, <laughs> and I'll have an article <laughs> up about that soonish. Not about me playing too much, about something else. And then, um, otherwise, I've just been reading and watching TV. I think, I think, I, yeah, something like that, which I'll get into a bit later. Yeah, the TV got, part, not the reading part. We've got some Moon Knight discussions later on, so st- stay tuned for the the chit chat section. Um, in chat, uh, Azim zero eight thirty two. Thank you so much for the congratulations. Um, yeah, it's yeah, I- incredible journey so far, and I'm so excited to, I guess, start this next chapter of my life and. 
yeah, it's um, it, it's 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 been crazy planning the wedding. So hopefully, with some time back, I can focus on playing more games and and doing some more writing, which is always always something to be excited for. Let's um, let's kick things off and talk about, I guess the the main uh the articles that have gone up on Double Jump over the past uh I guess like past month. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is, uh, Ruby's article about, I guess there's a, it's kind of become like a cult, like I didn't really even think about the, know much about the show, but it's a show called Severance and it stars Adam Scott from Parks and Recreation and it's directed by Ben Stiller, you know, comedic actor, everyone I guess kind of knows who that person is, but, uh, it's it's an apple it's on apple tv plus um and it's uh following someone uh, a a man named mark played by adam scott who's had his memories kind of i guess artificially surgically divided between work and home um and it's it's like it's a it's full of mysteries it's kind of like a thriller as well and ruby on our on our team uh wrote an excellent article talking about three games that she recommends people play uh, if they really like the the show, I guess I feel bad for spoiling it, but the three games she's listed are Bioshock Infinite, Control, and Soma. I'm not going to go into the specifics of what she said. That's definitely what everyone should check out and read. Um, but that's probably the 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 latest article that we that uh, we've we've come out. Uh, before that, though, we had uh. A, a, a duo, a dynamic duo of articles from you, John. Uh, first of all, it was the the article you wrote about Pokemon Legends and why Arceus Arceus should have should have had co op if if uh, Game Freak ever does release a sequel. Can you tell us a little bit about what 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 you covered in that? Yeah, it's um, yeah, because I finally got around to playing Legends, which I don't, I'm not sure I talked about on the podcast yet. Did I? Do you remember? We did briefly because i think you had like okay. just gotten it and you had just been playing it like crazy but that was like you know that was a month ago <laughs> yeah yeah no i wasn't sure it would have been yeah it would have been ex- like just around the time we stopped yeah. um yeah so it ended up it ends up being very repetitive as a game mm-hmm. more than i i mean it naturally would be any game really is but like um <laughs> I don't know the more I played it, the more I realized like man it's like playing with other people would be perfect for it just because you play it like Again, like Pokemon Go, where you kind of play it really efficiently mm-hmm. and fast. And the more you get into the game, the faster everything kind of goes. Yeah. Like you do everything a bit better and faster and more efficiently. And you're just like speeding through aspects of it. And then mm-hmm. like you get like, you know, Pokemon mounts where you're like literally moving faster throughout the game as well. So it's like, anyway, it's like the more I played it, it's like I was kind of getting more and more sick of it because <laughs> I was playing too much of it. And I was playing it yeah, too quickly, and I was thinking it's like, and that's like just something that stood out in my head. Where it's like this would be so good for with other players, mostly mostly because it like already kind of cribs so much from Monster Hunter, which is very co-op centric nowadays. Yeah. So it's just like you know, just do that as well. And also the other idea I had was like, if the mainline games, you know, like Scarlet and Violet, coming out at the end of the year, if those are like you know the traditional Pokemon games, Mm-mm. then Legends could be like the co-op sister series. Yeah, in my mind at least, I think that would work really well. Yeah, but I bet it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I think it'd be great, but yeah, yeah. I, was, I was basically just arguing this would be awesome, and then you know, hundred percent because like from when we had that discussion, and I guess looking 
I guess reading the online discourse is that it's it's a very sparse world. It tr- yeah. it. I mean, not talking about you know, I guess like the graphics and where they might be lacking in a lot of places, but also the fact that like there's not much to do besides like kind of the main tasks again and again. Yeah, and yeah, that's something yeah. that stands out about it is like just how yeah, like sparse the environments are. Mm. Like as you play through the games, like I don't mind how it looks generally. Like yeah, the character models and like everything else except for the overall environment. <laughs> Like it looks pretty nice. I like the art style a lot. It's just that the yeah. environment, the, the worlds are so big compared yeah. to what the game these engines can usually handle and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they really suffer for it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's anyway. I like that game a lot. Mm. I need to come back to it, but it's like because I was fully planning on going through the Pokedex and getting everything. And then by the time I got to the end Burned of the out. story, I was yeah, just completely drained. I so think, I'll come back to yeah. it eventually. I think that's but, where like yeah. having. A crew of people to play with is that like even if what you're doing is mundane and repeated you're just it's the it's like a, a chance to hang out and do stuff you know it's it's, it's like yeah, exactly doing like, strikes and destiny and and doing raids and like you know not raids but like dungeons and wow like i guess raids can be a bit more in, involved but yeah it, it's what it sounds like to me yeah exactly like that is exactly what it is like you're doing something that's like it's more of a grind than you want it to be when you're playing by yourself mm. and having other people to kind of like make everything a bit smoother and more enjoyable in yep. several ways just makes everything so much better yeah so yeah anyway <laughs> that was my idea for that and and, and, then, and then just before that we had more wrestling was this yes. the first wrestling article on our site that isn't a review of a wrestling game did we have is. a review of a wrestling game? I think we were like back in old Double Jump, where like WWE 2K13 or something like really old. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So long time ago. This this has been long awaited. I know that Jake was very excited when this came through the oh, okay. know, the pipeline. <laughs> yeah, because I think Jake has some ideas for pro wrestling content as well. Yeah, so I'm not sure if he watches it much, so I'm I'm not kind of. I think I wouldn't expect it soon. People are listening. But, I think. Um, having someone to bounce those ideas off will make him watch it again. Because I think if yeah. you if if you only consumed mainstream wrestling like WWE, you might be a bit disappointed like over the past few years. But from the discussions we've had here, it seems like AEW, you know, Purodesu in, in Japan and stuff are really doing well and, and kind of revitalizing like kind of you know, wrestling storylines and wrestling as a spectacle. So maybe, who knows, maybe that'll be enough to get him back in there. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that'll be nice. Mm-hmm. Have like a, never, like a spin-off podcast about wrestling. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> maybe. But maybe. 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 Well, yeah. like a little bit like you talked about the FTW, which I think means, I thought meant for the win, but apparently means fuck the world unofficially. Yes. But it's <laughs> it's basically like, it's like an unofficial not WrestleMania, but it's like an unofficial like major championship within the All Elite Wrestling kind of promotion. But it's like they fight for pride. Is that is this like one of those inside things? Yeah, like now that I've had time to like think on it a little bit. Yeah, because it's like I don't know. It's like uh, like you know since I've written the article, it's like oh I wouldn't I wouldn't completely stand by what I said in terms of like documentarian being like core <laughs> like you know. Tr- being completely true to what it is in the promotion like I, i'm not i don't think i'm wrong but it's i don't know 
<laughs> it's probably not like the best like text. Yeah. If you're going, this is what the FTW belt's about. <laughs> it's it's a little fantasy. Yeah. Um, but it's but it is like technically an outlaw belt where it's basically just a bunch of like, you know, heels like the villains in wrestling. Yeah. They just have a belt for themselves just so they can kind of like gloat around like gloat about it to other, you know, the baby faces, like the heroes. Yeah. Um that's, that's a, kind of the point of that's it. That's a cool idea. Like yeah, I think it's like it's fun. It's like it's an old thing as well. It's like yeah. from when as the wrestlers has like when he was wrestling, that yeah. was his belt, but it wasn't around for very long. Yeah. So it kind of brought it back as sort of a throwback thing. Yeah, because when I like, was looking it up, like looking for the images and stuff to schedule it, like it, Taz, he looks like like you know he's a bit older a wrestler now, but it seems like it's all like his kind of proteges or his knuckleheads, like his crew of like uh, heels. Just continuing the legacy. Yeah, exactly. Which, it's like, well, yeah. as far as I know, because I didn't watch his CW, I'm yeah. not gonna, but <laughs> it sounds cool. And it's like, but what I've like kind of over the, you know, three years of AEW, because the belt's been around for a couple of years or mm-hmm. something like that now. Yeah, yeah, about that. And what's like kind of become clear is that it's like a crown now, you know, like it's about like the leader of the faction, yeah. not just yep. about something to like taunt people with. It's about like, <laughs> something they've put pride into yeah where if someone something if, yeah if the guy in the team doesn't have the confidence of the rest of them they take him out and now yep. and they you know put the belt on someone they want to lead which i think is gotcha. like cool a like cool idea as well yeah <laughs> which it's yeah, like a anyway weird meritocracy but within yeah yeah a promotion <laughs> yeah it's like a little similar to um knowing that i have a ton of experience with it or knowledge of it but it's very similar to the Bullet Club out of New yeah, Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Which is where Kenny where... Omega was part of that. Was he part of that? Was he a fan of that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was the leader of it once. Yeah. A lot of, the, like the way, it, traditionally the way it goes is that every time there's been a leader of Bullet Club, they get kicked out right as they leave the company for another company. <laughs> they, they always do it the same way. And yeah. It's like, it's almost like very like endearing almost. Like it's always like a send-off. Yeah, like a, a graduation. Like, like, yeah, but like in story like in universe it's always like they always kick out the guy <laughs> like right why to, not? to replace him with someone else who they also <laughs> kick out as they leave the company over why, not? Over why not um we've got yeah. um uh fighting oreo so kai you know uh uh former double jump contributor long time i guess friend of the show and co-host uh, he's saying uh and he said my pro wrestling persona is the documentarian which uh I love that. I love that. That's a that is a brilliant pun. Um, that is yeah. a that is a team Tim Schafer level pun there. I love it. Um, yeah, and it, yeah, it is a little ceremony. This kind of send off that uh, Bullet Club members get. It's 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 cool that this stuff happens because you never hear about it in WWE anymore. Yeah, it's not like because I keep up with a lot of the wrestling landscape nowadays because I yeah. have too much time on my hands. <laughs> I'm too interested in wrestling generally. <laughs> Um, so even like, I know a lot of what's going on in WWE, even though I've like watched almost none of it. Yep. But, um, nice. Yeah. I don't know. It's fun keeping up with this stuff. So mm. I'll have, um, I'll have another wrestling article yes. sometime in the next couple of weeks. Maybe we'll see how <laughs> quickly I can finish it. Yes. Um, I get very insecure when it comes to wrestling talk, apparently. <laughs> so it takes me a while, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess the, um, the the final article that went up since we last recorded was Ty's Elden Ring review, which, I mean, 
uh, he wrote it as a belated review, but I feel like like there's so much to this game that I'll forgive him for you know, taking his time with it. Um, but yeah, like mm. no surprise that he gave it a gave it a five out of five. He's been a fan of the the Soul series for a long time, and and I guess like even fantasy in general, like like fantasy um, settings and, and novels and everything. So I think this is like kind of like the perfect mix. Because it, it seems like Elden Ring is like a good, it's like a great revolution, like evolution of the the Souls formula. There's a lot of things that Elden Ring really improves upon, like quality of life things that that seem to be a bit better. And it's like I'm tempted, but I don't think I'm gonna tackle it. I I think I'm just I don't think I'm the type of gamer that it's made for. <laughs> Maybe there's yeah. been a lot of new people getting into it this hundred time, like, like a lot more than think. I expected. Yeah. yeah. It's reached a mainstream level of success that we haven't seen in a long time. Mm. Yeah, it's like because its sales have been like, I'm not sure where they're at now, but when, you know, in the, like, a couple of weeks after release, it was like at the same pace as like Cyberpunk and GTA and like, you know, the juggernauts of the industry. I was really surprised. Like, I shouldn't be surprised really because I knew how many people were excited for it. Yeah. I just wasn't expecting it to make that kind of leap from where Dark Souls was up to where it is now so it's like i think it was like 17 million or something in the next like in the first few weeks mm, which mm. is way higher than the i don't know like three like or four million sales yeah which is already insane yeah. for any game really mm, mm. so and um, it's like especially nowadays where it's like a it's a single player pretty much a single player only game like there's a multiplayer but it's not it's not like a gta multiplayer it's it's like sort of like asynchronous kind of multiplayer so it's it, it's great to see that something that isn't just a Sony game is actually selling being a single-player only game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'll say Ties of Reviews is like, I think it's one of our especially great ones we've had in a while. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed reading it. So no, and not anything else. No, no, bad. I'm just saying, just saying this no, one. no, you're saying <laughs> this, yeah, like knowing the quality yeah. that we put out, like that's really, really great. Um, yeah, that's great praise, especially coming from you. Yeah. <laughs> um anyway but a couple of things like stood out for me in ties review is like one performance issues which mm. isn't a huge surprise but apparently it's pretty pervasive still after the patches yep. and um except for ps4 version running on ps5 strangely or not strangely kind of it's like that one's like locked 60 frames or makes something, sense or at least it, it was probably has a lot less of um extra effects and things like that that might bog down the cpu like bog down yeah. the system sorry yeah, but I, like as I understand, like every other version has problems, <laughs> which is kind of yeah unsurprising, but whatever. And the other thing you mentioned that I'm not sure it was like a huge point, but I found it interesting enough was that this game compared to the other ones, it's like it, for people who play it, you can't just kind of go like head first into a single build because like mm. Ty mentions how he went goes with like a strength build this time. Yeah, because all the screenshots have a man with a gigantic sword. It's kind of like implied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um yeah so apparently the game doesn't really isn't really nice like friendly for that kind of okay. approach this time it's kind of it's trying to push people towards having like a spectrum Adaptive. of skills like yeah yeah like you know having magic as well as a you know physical weapon to slash with that's stuff. that's actually pretty good because from what i remember i feel like um like bloodborne didn't have a shield and that was like kind of like a sakurai is it sakurai I think it's Sakurai. Who's a? Uh, I don't remember. There's that. so many different. Um, oh yeah, it's Yamazaki. I think it's Yamazaki. 
the director, Hidetaki Miyazaki, I think Miyazaki. Hidetaki Miyazaki. Sorry, the really should look up before. Yeah, yeah, I'm terrible with that. Um, was like apparently like that was kind of like a conscious decision to to kind of like avoid that kind of turtling play style where people just like shield and just like absorb hits and things like that so bloodborne was kind of made more to be like well you got no more shield you got to parry and you got to attack and and i mm. guess like this might be like you know taking a step back again and be like okay we're not going to criticize any particular play style you just need to be able to adapt and i guess yeah. like yeah not just like... min max mm. yeah they've tried like you know to kind of tweak the system like the base system they come with like you yeah know, as they make more games which is <laughs> yes it's just like the next iteration i suppose yeah. hmm. no that's yeah that that's uh definitely another one worth reading so i would 100 percent um recommend you know we'd both recommend you guys read everyone at home read read ty's awesome review and yeah even if you're not a fan it's just a great review, just well written and just a lot of great insights there. Um but yeah, let's uh that's that's gonna do it for the articles that we've had. Oh, let's see. Kai has added, um, quote, not just Min Max end quote, ruined the lives of all the hardcore souls fans. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. Cause like those games definitely had kind of that um like there were all, a lot of guides saying this is the way to play. I guess maybe yeah. a lot of them had to get thrown out, thrown out the door when um, when when Elden Ring came out, which which I think is good. Like having that discussion, a lot of people like trying to discuss. Oh, what, what, did you see this? Did you do that? It kind of like captures a lot of the, maybe some of the initial magic that people had when like Demon Souls or maybe even the first Dark Souls came out. Mm, yeah, it's like it's, yeah, there's like. I guess we kind of missed all of it since we haven't been doing the podcast, but it's like, it does feel like I heard about Elden Ring for like a month straight. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100% agree there. Well, that's going to do it for the articles on our site. Oh. <laughs> Kai, how many messages do I send before this counts as heckling? Listen, um, you can send as many <laughs> as you want. We, we, I will try and check in and, and um, read them out loud and answer as we go. But yeah, definitely, everyone in chat, please do ask questions if you have any comments um you know this is this is the more the merrier this is a, f- a fun time to talk games uh i don't know about you john but i don't get to talk about games that much in my personal life so this is like an awesome way to kind of <laughs> actually talk shop yeah. it's a vent <laughs> yep yep well that's going to do it for the uh the articles on our site over the past i guess break head over to doublejump.co to read all of our awesome articles including john's upcoming wrestling piece so uh john let's uh, take it over to the news so the the first article uh the first piece of news for this past week and i guess it's like part of that never-ending thread <laughs> when it comes to um like uh uh embracer group it's just that it's like the specter you know the the conchu that seems to be looming over the shoulder uh is that uh embracer group has acquired square enix's western studios in a deal worth about 300 million us so this was announced uh just earlier this week um so uh, this was, uh, I guess, 
Square Enix has a history of questioning the value of its Western studios. I feel like ever since the original Tomb Raider reboot in 2013, like Square Enix has always said, oh, well, these Western studios are underperforming. They're not meeting expectations. Even though they were, s- they're like independently, like in a nutshell, like in a vacuum, are selling well. It's just n- yeah. no idea what Square Enix was expecting from them. But um, for this particular deal, um, the Embracer Group, um, in part as part of its ongoing spending spree, has uh, added Crystal Dynamics, so the makers of Gex, uh, that one's for you, Kai, um, uh, <laughs> Tomb Raider, uh, Marvel's Avengers games, uh, and then Idos Montreal, the developers of uh, the most recent Deus Ex games, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy from last year, as well as Marvel's Avengers, and Square Enix Montreal. So it's a mobile developer that is most famous for um, I think Outriders was that like kind of like failed Destiny like game as well as the Go series so oh. Hitman Go. Uh, they definitely didn't make Outriders. Did they? Didn't they make? It? Like, I thought it was them. Uh, wasn't that like Peace Can Fly or something? Was oh, like People Can Fly. Yes, yes. I'm thinking of uh, another game. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, that game did well bad. in Heisberg, but like, yeah. I yeah. What you mean. Um, and Square Enix Montreal, who made the Lara Croft Go and uh, Hitman Go. I don't think there was a Deus Ex Go, but I think, yeah, Hitman Go and Lara Croft Go, Go mobile games, like turn-based kind of like puzzle games that were that were very, very popular a few years ago. So um, all three studios are included as part of the deal, as, qu- as well as, um, you know, franchises like Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kane, and, uh, quote, more than 50 back catalogue games, which... Uh, we if Kai is anything to, is is uh, if anything's to go by his his message about never forgets, uh, the gecko is means that there is a chance that Gex, everyone's uh favorite James Bond spoofing gecko, may be back <laughs> in a remastered trilogy, a <laughs> la Spyro the Reignited um trilogy. It does actually seem likely with Embracer. They've been doing a lot of remasters of whatever. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, um, why not, right? Crystal Dynamics is still around and it has the IP, so why not? Uh, and speaking of IP and franchises, Square Enix will still hold on to the uh, rights to Just Cause, Outri- Outriders, and Life is Strange, which I forgot Square Enix published Life is Strange. It's just, yeah. It's just one of those weird things, but hey. Um, and what's going to happen is that um, in a follow-up investor call, um, Embracer, Embracer's management revealed to shareholders that pending an approval process by Disney, it will also take off uh, take over as publisher for both the Avengers online game as well as the Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. So the 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 single player um, like third person action game from last year. Um, so in terms of a timeline for the event, so Embracer Group obviously is, it requires, you know, all the necessary steps going through government regulations and all the other external approval processes and expects it to um, end during the second quarter of its financial year. So July, September this year, right, is, is kind of like the end of its second quarter for this financial year. <sighs> In terms of what this means for Perfect Dark, you know, the, the Perfect Dark reboot that came out, that is currently being worked on at The Initiative, which is a Microsoft-owned studio. Um, 
the initiative uh, published a tweet saying, hey, it's all good. We're still making great progress. Quote, great progress in building uh, Perfect Dark together. So Crystal Dynamics is still... It seems like that agreement with Perfect Dark, the Perfect Dark team is still ongoing, which are, you know, thankful. I think everyone's been yeah. holding their breath for that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> probably really, because like last time we heard about Initiative was like also like a month ago was just how many people they've been losing yeah. as a company. Yeah. So that probably would have hurt otherwise. <laughs> like what do, you, what do you think about this whole deal? Do you think Do you think this is just inevitable that, you know, Embracer Group is going to just swallow everyone that isn't already owned by Microsoft or Sony or Tencent? <laughs> I guess so. It, it, they're kind of easy to imagine as like this kind of slow moving slime just consuming everything else. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it seems to be what's happening. It's mm, like, mm. um, yeah, I don't know. Like this one does seem to be like to the benefit of everyone involved as long yeah. as it doesn't, I mean, it'll probably lead to some sort of um, unemployment <laughs> for someone. But um, just like yeah. all of it, like they always do, but um, mm. which, you know, not great. Yeah. But otherwise, it seems like a better fit for the properties. Seems a better fit for um, Square Enix. So they could now apparently invest in block the blockchain. So that should be fun yep. to hear about. This is, um, this is, yep, this was the hurdle. This yes. was it, John. Apparently, Western developers were the reason why NFTs weren't taking off for Square Enix. That, apparently, that's the only reason. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, there was also a report that apparently Square Enix lost two hundred million mm. on the Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, like on like you know on the Marvel properties so far. Yeah. So it sounds like they just wanted to, you know, cut the fat, <laughs> like just cut it off once and for all. It's like okay, we're sick of dealing with this. Even I mean, they've always done okay. Like the the Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, I think is a difficult game because it is a single player. It's a single player only game and. It is a tough sell for something that isn't like a tent pole release, like a God of War or a Last of Us. I think, um, it, I, I can't think of the like maybe The Witcher was the, and maybe even Cyberpunk. You could say were the last kind of like single player games that did really well. Uh, I mean, Cyberpunk. I mean, I was taken. Like, I'm trying to think of like, you know, besides indie games, like what. What has been like single player only that has sold really well? Uh, Elden Ring, right? But like, <laughs> um, well, but that's, that's not now. single player only. But like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I can't. I'm sure there's yeah, been a few, like but like, tough. That's I think with Guardians of the Galaxy, sell. it's like that one's had like really good word of mouth since it released. Yeah, because so it, like it didn't look good no in the promos. Excitement. It looked like it looked okay, but it looked very like forgettable. I thought it looked like a B, one thing B I... tier game. Like it didn't seem like a triple A game. In terms of polish yeah. and things like that, I think it looked a lot like a licensed game in the <laughs> negative sense from THQ. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, like it, it looked like, you know, not Guardians of the Galaxy. Like it just didn't look very. Uh, it just looked like a riff on what I've already seen. Yeah, it's just like okay, and the gameplay itself didn't look all that enticing, so I just kind of wrote it off, which yeah, I think was yeah. kind of common. And I think like kind of um, that I think a lot of the trailers kind of. The the action looks very boring. Like w like a lot of the gameplay was focused purely on Peter Quill and like Star Lord's, um, like the the actual gameplay of Star Lord in that game isn't very as compelling as the other characters and like all the quipping and the banter and everything. So I think yes, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I, yeah. I I feel kind of mean focusing on Guardians actually because yeah. Avengers. Was Avengers the really... was the shit. That that seemed like that was the steaming pile that everyone, no one liked. Yeah, I mean, like they're still okay. adding to it apparently. Yeah, but they're doing it very slowly. Yeah, um, yeah. Akai says, um, the soundtrack deceives people into thinking it's good. I presume that's about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, <laughs> got like a jukebox soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, like kind of like in line with the um. The movies, like the James Gunn directed films, um, yeah. Like, speaking of which, I guess we're going to be getting a pseudo Guardians of the Galaxy movie in the new Thor movie, um, Love and Thunder. Oh yeah, yeah, because that's kind of mm. got. I mean, he's basically with them now, right? Isn't that the whole like where Endgame and everything kind of left off? Anyway, sorry, that's <laughs> Marvel talks later. <laughs> Marvel talk, yes, bad a beer, bad a beer. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess. That's going to do it for that news there. I mean, it's funny you you talk about, um, you know, how Marvel's, like, those games look like like movie tie-in games because THQ was notorious for that and Embracer Group is, like, kind of, like, some sort of weird modern incarnation of THQ. Like, yeah. I think I'd imagine they'd have a better idea of budget versus mm. profit. <laughs> oh, so, yes. like, which these games did a bad <laughs> job of projecting. Yeah, because, like... You can't acquire studios if you don't have money. So, Embracer Group knows a thing or two about making money, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Uh, hopefully, I guess. Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's... <laughs> anyway. Well, well, speaking about major power moves in gaming, John, what's happening with E3? It's like a negative power move. But like, um, yeah, so <laughs> the ESA, the Electronics Software Association, yep. is that what it's called? Yep. yep. Um, yeah, it, the, it's a... It'll, a3, the actual, the entire event has been for the 2022 has been officially cancelled. It was originally cancelled mm. back in January, like the physical in-person mm, mm. event version of it. Um, but they hadn't announced whether there would be a digital equivalent like they had been um, previously, last couple of years, I think is right. Mm. Well, at least last year. So that's not happening either. Um, it's just like completely not happening for 2022. But is Huge they, bummer, as man. part of the announcement, they are announcing it for next year with a quote reinvigorated showcase. So they announced they had a statement with this where they said, quote, I'll just go over all of it. There's not much news to this one otherwise. Um, quote, we will devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. Whether enjoyed from the show floor or your favorite devices, the 2023 showcase will bring the community, media, and industry back together an all-new format and, and interactive experience. We look forward mm. to presenting E3 to fans around the world live from Los Angeles in 2023. Yeah. Um, I mean... Yeah, so the, mm. yeah, so just the last little bit of news yeah. from this. Apparently, according to IGN's sources um, with ESA or just, you know, in the industry in general, um, discussions around E3 has been, like, really fraught and just tense because ESA just haven't been talking about what's happening. For, Never a good sign. It sounds like... Yeah, so they've just been silent about it the entire time. So no one knows what's happening. Now they just shut it down. So I'd be curious to see what 2023 actually looks like when they kind of have... they One, they weren't doing all that hot anyway because yeah. every every major company keeps having their own show yeah, and doing fine and not having to pay ESA or whatever mm-hmm. to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... I mean, it's been a... Like we've talked about it before, like the the decreasing relevance of E3, but 
I think for me, E three is just one of those like and, and and Kai in chat, um, you know, saying you know he's like, oh shit, genuinely shook. Like I'm not sure if that means like, like this is the first time you're hearing about it, but like E three's, I always look forward to it, and it was something that I always like on Double Jump. We always had the running joke that we always called it the gaming Christmas, because that's just how it always seemed to be. Like you always look forward to it, like. What are the new games is coming? What are the new? What we're learning about? It's such a weird way to put it as well. Because yeah. I agree. Because I'm pretty sure I, I thought of that when I was like younger as well. Exactly. That's like, how I thought about it's it. Like, it's what it's like. I was like, oh yeah, Christmas, the idea of presents. Exactly. Whereas E3 is when you you like kind of. It's like when you and everyone else in the world are finding out about things at the same time, and it there's always that mystique and that. The kind of reverence for like the press conferences and, and looking at all the new trailers and everything, whether or not. You know they changed like you know they were like awesome or not like you still look forward to it looked forward to it sorry and like not having it again is weird because like 2020 was like there was like sort of an e3 it wasn't quite it was like all digital but i feel i feel like that was like when summer games fest really took over in terms of like you know uh jeff Keeley with his like kind of e3 adjacent <laughs> showing <laughs> yeah his three month three month extravaganza yeah of mild um, yeah. announcements um yeah it's like i think like yeah thinking about it 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 does feel like it really highlights how huge a role hype and anticipation is mm. in the gaming community like with, with all the games like the idea that e3 a kind of consumer conference or like industry showcase about games that don't exist yet or like aren't available yet <laughs> is like the highlight of the year for so many people is like <laughs> i'm not gonna say it's sad but it's odd for it in this for a community I it's, think. it's like the hype is is the anticipation is more like more important than the final product yeah <laughs> and i think like that's the maybe that's like the cycle of modern media is just that you know there's like more buzz around the trailers and stuff than the actual movies and i guess maybe yeah. with games and stuff uh yeah, it's like we're yeah. fueled by hope, hmm. yeah. <laughs> but not necessarily yeah. satisfaction. I, I guess the the opposite to that would be Elden Ring, where I feel like Elden Ring got more traction after it came out than before, and like, it already had a lot. Too. Yeah, exactly. Because like yeah. then then you got the engagement from the people who weren't already playing those games. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so. it's like it had like tremendous word of mouth before it. After yep. like you know a decade of like hit releases, yeah, leading yeah. up to it, <laughs> and then it just snow like then it caught like. It's like it was snowballing already, and then like a rocket hit it forward and just like Bang. carried it into like something gigantic. <laughs> yeah, and um, like just just um, uh, Kai adding in chat, he added that you know plus finding out whatever messed up BS Devolver hits the stage with like that's yeah I guess oh, like yeah. Devolver Digital became its own kind of like juggernaut in in a way on the side, and always having those kind of zany presentations, um, and like that. I guess there was always something ridiculous that Devolver came out with and it was always kind of like parody of what was happening at the other conferences. But I don't know, over recent years, like has it like kind of the parody is no longer a parody because it itself is a big player. I don't know. Like I'm sure there'd be some, there's like some crossover of the Venn diagrams there. (laughs) <laughs> of the circle, yeah, it's like all, as all these like major companies drop out to do their own thing yeah devolver's gonna just be left the own like the biggest player <laughs> at the event something like that yeah like we're heading to a um like is there gonna be like a d3 where it's just devolver 
just <laughs> just Devolver. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Like, you don't like companies don't need an E three anymore, right? They can set up their own conferences. Like Nintendo did that years ago with the Direct. Like, I, I bet a, a Nintendo Direct is so much cheaper to prepare. You basically need a yeah. white room. <laughs> and then some trailers versus you know hiring out a massive hall and all the equipment and and all the event you know catering and all that stuff that gets involved with it right so yeah. that that'll be oh let's see uh fighting warrior ads i think it wouldn't be as funny if devolver wasn't a big player gotcha gotcha oh okay i guess it maybe it, it became funnier as devolver grew um yeah that's yeah. a good point no fair enough fair enough because like whatever her name was like was she like business lady Something like, remember that like kind of comedian actress who kind of was like representing the toxic like gaming leadership. Like she's always on the like hosting the events and with in like kind of tongue in cheek shots at the like the the AAA studios. I was that was always like a big part of um E three. Yeah, she's like the main character of Devolver. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like E three is just going to be embrace a group. Like, what if, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Embra- he stands for Embracer now. It's like, you know, those four X games, you know, how they say, yeah. like, X, what is it, Explore, Exterminate, or something like those, whatever they stand for now, it's just like Embrace, Evolve, and like Endanger, or something like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Encompass, <laughs> like, it's going to be something like that. But I think, yeah. um, it'll be interesting to see. I know that Microsoft and Bethesda confirmed that both companies are still going to be doing some sort of stream or some sort of presentation. So, Well, yeah. they've announced the big like showcase for June, I think, mm, mm. a little while. So, so it's still going ahead. So, like, I think it's oh, just, yeah, going to be, yeah. it's just not going to be was. E3 branded. It's just, it's just going to be the same thing. It's just without yeah. E3 as, like, being the branding for it. And, I mean, EA's been doing that anyway. Activi- like, a lot of companies have been doing that anyway. And like mm-hmm. even PlayStation, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll just be like Jeff Keighley and then everyone else. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the competitive angle that was mostly just game play, like actual yeah. players, kind of projecting onto it. I don't think it's helped anyone. So it's like everyone's just leaving to control their own little spotlight. You mean you 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 weren't involved in all those who won E three like. Reddit threads and forum like arguments. <laughs> I actually never comment on anything, <laughs> so no. Good policy. But I pro- I'm, did we do an article at some point? I feel like we have done that before. Uh, I'm but, sure so maybe I was part of that. I, I, we have. We yeah. definitely have. Um, or like someone says, <laughs> like Here, here's what I think about you know what happened and like yeah. It'll, it'll actually, be now I think about, it, I'm pretty sure I've written several articles. You, you probably have. <laughs> let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's um, yeah. So I guess it'll be back next year. We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see what gets announced around where E3, like kind of to fill the void that E3 had is leaving behind. But I'm sure that Jeff Keighley's like kind of like rubbing his hands together and be like, I told you, I told you so. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, doing it right now. <laughs> well, speaking of rubbing hands together and making money, let's talk about Square Enix announcing Kingdom Hearts 4. So uh, earlier this month so both this and the ESA news actually happened a couple of weeks ago but obviously we're catching everyone up because you know we haven't been (laughs) we haven't recorded since then and um, I guess a big part of this news is that Sora and his Disney friends are back (laughs) 
back <laughs> with the with a quack. No, sorry. Um, so on April tenth, uh, Square Enix held a special twentieth anniversary event, digital event for the Kingdom Hearts series, which is scary in and of itself because I'm, I feel really old now because I remember when the original Kingdom Hearts came out and seeing going over to someone's house and seeing them play it on the original PS2 and me having a crush on one of the girls. Like I think saw his friend or something <laughs> from the intro cutscene because because I was ten or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because um yeah that's hey I'm not the only one all right. <laughs> My wife's not listening. I'm sure it's all good. <laughs> only one saying it on a podcast though. <laughs> um and uh as part of the announcement so the at the end of the kind of the the digital stream there's some other like mobile games and stuff but let's be honest everyone's caring about Kingdom Hearts four so. Kingdom Hearts 4 is a full sequel. It is set... It seems like it is set... Uh, like, taking into account what's happened in King, since Kingdom Hearts 3. But it's 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 weird. It's like it's sort of like a soft reboot of the series. It's actually going to um, be the start of a new story, maybe trilogy or a series of games, referred to as the, quote, Lost Master Arc. Um, Sora is back... I guess the the announcement trailer is like he wakes up from, you know, he wakes up and he's in this new mysterious world called Quadratum, which basically looks just like Japan, <laughs> like Tokyo. It's like, it's, the game has a more realistic art style, like probably a bit closer to something like Final Fantasy 14, not 14, sorry, 15 than traditional Kingdom Hearts uh, games. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it's just for this like section, this zone area. as well, yeah. But I, yes, it seems like it. But then, like when you see like even the scenes featuring Goofy and Donald Duck, like even that looks a bit more realistic than than stylized. But obviously, okay. yeah, we'll we'll find out like what this world is. So essentially, this world is it's sort of like the Matrix, where everyone around Sora and the other the the girl character in the in the in the trailer doesn't realize that this is like some sort of simulation of the underworld or like the afterlife in the Kingdom Hearts universe. This is like one representation of that. And um, uh, it's, I guess, the biggest announcement, and this is the biggest news that everyone's been looking for, looking forward to, is that uh, Sora no longer has clown shoes. He somehow in this alternate world, in the afterlife, he has discovered uh, Converse sneakers and is now wearing normal-sized shoes. <laughs> Like that's the key takeaway I got from this whole trail. <laughs> yeah, game changer. <laughs> I can play this game series now. And and what this uh what this reduction in shoe size means that the game has a lot more <laughs> focus on momentum and movement, like running up buildings, jumping onto like falling <laughs> things. Like yeah, he's not wearing clogs anymore. I, well, that's he the thing. Clearly, clearly the game engine was bogged down. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, physics, the sheer physics of his shoes. <laughs> um, uh, thank you, thank you, Kai. Thanks for joining us. Um, crimes to commit, people to frame. Sorry, I can't hang around. No, not a problem. We really appreciate you being joining us this week. Hope to uh, see you again next week. Um, but yes, Thanks, <laughs> clearly that luminous engine or whatever that full spoken's running on just couldn't handle the the. The, the the amount of polygons that was required for Sora's giant shoes. So it, it makes sense. So the, the way, if you look at the video, um, like the actual trailer, you see Sora kind of taking on this giant shadow monster, like sort of like a kaiju-sized monster, which I'm sure you'd appreciate. 
um, being a fellow Kaiju yeah. uh, fan. Um, it looks a lot like Bayonetta in terms of there's like quick time events and a lot of like kind of insane physics, you know, running up kind of scaffolding or running up pillars as they're falling to the ground. But it doesn't quite seem as cinematic as something like a Bayonetta and, and I guess woven into the gameplay, like in terms mm. of a twitch response to all the incoming attacks. But this is still super early, so who knows what it'll actually look like in the final final um showing. What, what what did you think like overall from this preview? Um honestly not much because I haven't played Kingdom Hearts Me ever. Either. Um <laughs> it, it is like as like they keep adding more to it. I don't think I even expected a four for some reason. I think I kind of I'm sure I'm not I don't know. I'm not sure why I was surprised by it. I think I just never thought there would be because normally three. there's like a ten year gap. Took so long. <laughs> yeah. Three took forever. Yeah. And that's all I knew, really knew about it. Yeah. And then, then four is like out coming out already. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I don't know. It, it just mostly just reminded me. It's like, okay, I should play one of these games at some point. Yeah. And not much else. Yeah. Like, um, it looked it looks really it. nice. Like it's a very big. Like I've, it probably the kind of quality, like the production quality of it, mm. probably mm. says a lot about how much money. Like, yeah, money. <laughs> like they you know, Square Enix is, um, you know willing to throw at it to really like pump it back up into a yeah. premier brand mm-hmm. like or prestige brand maybe maybe that's why it had to sell off all those studios it's like we need 300 million just to get you know just to just to get this game off the ground and um <laughs> we already had to lose the shoes we had to lose the shoes we lost the license to like the clown shoes manufacturer whoever they were so <laughs> no no more uh, no yeah. more um well i mean like kingdom hearts is kind of like Kingdom Hearts was like kind of everywhere. I remember seeing like you know Kingdom Hearts branded clothing and stuff like that. Like there's like Kingdom Hearts definitely became like a cultural phenomenon, and it was like kind of like a running joke where like Kingdom Hearts just seemed like so like the fan base apparently was so fervent and so crazy that like you could never say anything bad about it, lest you feel like someone throw their keys at you or something ridiculous like that. I don't know. I it's, did not know that. I didn't actually know. Yeah, there was it was. I think there was like kind of a thing. It was like I think them and like Dynasty Warriors, like you know, people just didn't understand the appeal and couldn't get <laughs> oh, into yeah. the game, so they just kind of like created this whole narrative around the fans, <laughs> yeah. which which may or may not be true. But I know for me, um, like seeing Kingdom Hearts again is just like it's just like oh yeah, it's it's kind of comforting. You're like, of course, there's another Kingdom Hearts in development. Like that's just that's just reality now. That's just how it should be. It'll be, yeah. I think, last time was. Like, you know, Toy Story being added into the mix in terms of, like, Disney. I think the rumors around this time are, like, Star Wars being incorporated into into the Kingdom Hearts universe. What, right. what, do, you th- what do you think about that? Like, Baby Yoda and uh, Grogu in Kingdom Hearts. I don't think I like it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not someone who's, like, especially attached to Disney or yeah. Star Wars, actually. Yeah. So it's not really... I don't know. I don't love the idea of integrating, like realistic grounded stuff in well not sure if those terms <laughs> what do you, exactly uh, wait, choose your words carefully there <laughs> yeah but it's well i guess just visually yeah it's yeah. like i'd rather i don't know i thought the charm of the series was like the exact opposite yeah something like star wars you know <laughs> so yeah. i don't know i'm curious how they do it i guess maybe this is like where the true star wars sequel will come out like maybe this is like 
where the actual <laughs> original plans and and all the storylines will actually be completed in in like a bow that all Star Wars fans have been wanting for the last decade, like seven years or whatever since like Episode Seven came out, and they're finally going to get the c- closure they need. But it's going to happen in Kingdom Hearts. This is that'd, that'd be something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who knows? Maybe maybe the maybe the Keyblade is like the dark saber. It's like it's like it can counter the lights, it counter all that like kind of negative like whatever Ryan Johnson has done to Disney to Star Wars, like maybe Sora can save it. That's that's that maybe that's the quest in this. Why is he still being blamed for stuff? <laughs> he didn't make the last that's one. That's easy. That's easy. Because it's just he's an easy target. <laughs> Let's be honest. Let's Watch be honest. I thought that was good. I'm not gonna it, it was gonna it was very um like like okay, half the movie was good. We're not getting into this. <laughs> the other half was bad. Everything with Ray and Ben was pretty cool. Then the other stuff with the ostrich, the ostriches and the the gambling oh, yeah, and that stuff was, that was a bit silly. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but it's um, yeah. Uh, I don't know because I yeah. think wasn't there. I'm not sure if there was a rumor about like Marvel getting into it or something. I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, but it's yeah. That I mean, it's possible cool, now. But, but um. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. We're talking a lot about a series we don't know much about, but um. Oh wow! What yeah. if this, what if it's a two-parter and you'd fight Thanos and like the first Kingdom Hearts four is like you're trying to defeat Thanos, but he he clicks his fingers and half of all you know Mickey Mouse dies and everything like they're all perish. <laughs> it's like the start of <laughs> Smash Brothers story mode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh no, Mickey! No, Thor! No. I don't want to die. They're all dusting in a giant <laughs> wave of death. Oh, God. Who would survive? It has to be someone strange. Oh. <laughs> well, there's only one strange person in there, so, in Marvel. Oh, no. I meant, no, I meant like Disney stuff. Or... No, no, I know what you mean. No, no, what's yeah. going to happen is... Uh, maybe I'm dating myself, but you know, Uncle Dolan and Spider Man and everyone, Gooby, they're gonna come out. All the um all like kind of the off brand NSFW versions of Disney are gonna come out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh anyway, anyway, who knows what's gonna happen? <laughs> we're going to scary places with Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts fans, we are happy for you all. Um uh, maybe my <laughs> like it, but... my my grade four crush from whoever or my grade three or grade four or five crush from whoever was that girl from the, the intro <laughs> grade of eight Kingdom grade Hearts. ten <laughs> maybe she'll be back and everything will be right in the world but yeah that's going to do it for the news for this uh over this uh i guess short while since we last recorded let's uh let's take a, a little uh breather and uh head over to the chit chat section which i think steadily is becoming everyone's favorite part because of the the ridiculous things we talk about. It's definitely our favorite. <laughs> so John, since we last had a chat, we had um Moon Knight came out. The long, the heavily long, long-awaited, I guess, kind of reset 
I don't know, I don't know how to put it. It's like the new the new Marvel series. In um... yeah. <laughs> that's the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like what was the last one? Uh, actually, don't. What was the last one? I don't feel like uh, it was I, Hawkeye. We focus so much on Bob and I. Boba Fett. Boba Knight. Boba Knight. Yeah. Um, um, it was um. Yeah. Uh, the last show. The last um, show was Hawkeye, which came out in December. Oh, okay. Bit yeah, bit. So it's been a little while. And, and then Boba Fett obviously came out. And this was like the the next major Disney show. Mm. Mm, mm. Well, you've we've both seen the first four episodes, so we are going to go into a little bit of spoilers. Like you know, probably for the next ten minutes, you know, just skip yeah. skip ten minutes ahead um, if you don't want to hear well, about it. Not, but it's not a timer, so. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what what do you what what have you what have you thought about Moon Knight so far? Um, I haven't loved it. It hasn't really gripped me much, really? generally. Yeah, not really. It, like it doesn't. It feels like it, there's something kind of missing. Uh, I don't know. I've been trying to think it through. Like I'm sure, like actual, you know, TV reviewers have figured out because I haven't been reading them. Yeah. It's good. I need to go over. Like, because I'd actually be interested to see how other people are kind of critiquing it. But mm. firstly, I haven't. I don't know. It's just like it's one of those shows where I kind of end up dwelling over things I don't like about it and trying to figure out what how i would fix it <laughs> yeah yeah which is a weird way to put it it's just that it keeps kind of happening with certain shows and it yeah. ends up becoming a distraction so like i know just overall i feel kind of dissatisfied with the first four episodes even gotcha. with the big twist at the end of the fourth episode personally yeah, like yeah. i think it ended up just yeah okay spoiler territory <laughs> ended up just reminding me a lot of legion which i only and the which movie? i i saw a comparison no the show the, like show, the x-men okay. show yeah yeah because that was kind of like set in a hospital in the first season. And it's also about like split personalities. Gotcha. And just other, you know, just generally being uh, confused and lost in where the story was going. Yeah. It feels like that, but worse to was me. That, so was that based on... So is Legion the TV show based on Legion the movie? Or no? They're just unrelated. No, it's, just it's based on... Um, a comic or something? Yeah, it's based on an X Men character. Oh, it's very, it's mostly gotcha. original stuff for the. Oh, that's it's like cool. The son of Xavier. Oh, um, that's going like to be a, very troubling. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, wow. But it's uh, anyway. But it's like it reminded me of that, and then it kind of just, it just made me think. It's like oh, I've already seen this as well. <laughs> it's like, like gotcha. it's just overall. I don't know. I haven't been super into it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been watching it though. So it doesn't matter. Like, like I, um, I, yeah. I, I've I've actually enjoyed it so far. Like I I, I have found it fun. Um, I I think like the intros and the outros are super cool. Like all the different kind of Arabic kind of music mixed in and all that stuff. Like I li- I think Oscar I like it. It kind of makes more sense now why his accent is horrible as like a British <laughs> as his British like kind of yeah. I can't stop Steve thinking about Blunt. that because because I, <laughs> I didn't really have a huge problem with it originally because I don't know British <laughs> accents I don't speak it so it's just not something I thought about much yeah. but as it goes on it kind of ends up becoming more distracting where it ends yeah. up feeling like this doesn't sound right <laughs> yeah and it's like um like it I don't know like I, I I've enjoyed it so far I think I I personally think it's like I think if I were to rank the Marvel shows, it would go Scarlet Witch. Jeez, what came out? Hawkeye, 
Falcon and Winter Soldier and then uh, Loki for me. And then like this I'd probably put like somewhere... I'd say this is probably like second maybe to Scarlet Witch for me personally just because I think the actors in this... Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think this is a really cool premise and I really like the suit even though in one of the fight scenes it like he basically gets yanked by his cape and it single-handedly highlights why capes are dumb in terms of superheroes <laughs> yeah, like, yeah um but I, I like how it's kind of like you know the, when you got the full white suit how the two um like you know the two sides you know the guy like Stephen grant in more like a traditional suit and then mark specter in more like a like an assailant's assassin suit. So it's kind of cool, like visual representation there and like the use of mirrors and everything, like the relationship with his wife and everything. Like it's, it's cliche in a way, like you can kind of see the twist coming except the, the psychiatric hospital thing that I didn't really know that. Um, Oh, no, there's a stream. Oh, I think a Google. No, is it frozen? No, I'm just checking. Is the stream frozen everyone? Sorry, can you see us? I don't know what's going on there. Nope, nope. Is it refreshing? I think it's refreshing. Sorry. <laughs> okay, now it's it's working again. Sorry. Um, like I've enjoyed it so far. I really like Oscar Isaac. I think he's doing a really good job of like kind of moving from character to character. There's like one scene in particular where he like instantly switches from one to the other, and and you can see his face change and and everything like that. Like that was kind of really cool seeing that. Ethan Hawke playing, like, some sort of religious cult leader. Like, like I think there's a lot more they could have done with the whole Egyptian premise. And I think it's, like, kind of missed. It just becomes, like, another Marvel TV show thing of, like, just go from one location to another. Like, yeah, it, it just rushes uh, yeah, like, from one thing to another, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm correct about it, but yeah. these Marvel shows... Like these six, yeah, six episode ones. Yeah. They end up feeling like they had an idea for a movie, then they didn't really, then they stretched out, and then yeah. they never really rethought the plot properly to really yeah. fit a television show. Yeah. And the six episodes end up being quite a short amount. So it's like this weird space between a film and a television show. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know, it, it ends up. <laughs> doing a disservice to what they're trying to make out of it yeah over and over again like so far like that's how i've got what i got and, from and, it and this is like kind of this is sort of uh, like it definitely to me personally is like channeling a lot of the mummy like from 1999 like in terms of yeah. the fact that like you know it's similar idea of like you know these people are trying to uncover this ancient like bring this bring back this ancient god and stuff and then like uh, and then you're dealing, like, even mentioning something like the Magi, you know, like the ancient warriors who were designed to protect the secrets of the gods and, and, and stuff like that. Like, it's it's cool. Like, it's like parallels to there. And it's like, the you, you don't get a lot of Egypt. I mean, the good thing is, like, they, they, they show different parts of Egypt, like, you know, the city of Cairo. Like, you've got the market stalls and everything. Then they also show, like, the sprawling kind of metropolis of, like, you know, being a modern city and stuff. So I'm glad that they didn't just do the whole thing of, like... Look at this Middle Eastern place. These like it doesn't do yeah. the Dune thing of showing Middle Eastern like Arabic people is just like being primitive. You know what I mean? And having yeah. Arabic music, an Arabic like a director having some Arab background. I mean, I guess one actor, one actress, but it, it seems a bit more reverent than 
uh, like other depictions. Like, um, I mean, I'm not saying that it's a Black Panther level. It's definitely not. But um, I, I love the imagery around the white and like it's just. I think it's a cool premise, you know, an ancient Egyptian god giving you powers and you being their avatar, and like the fact that like Ethan Hawke's character, like Harrow, was Conchu's previous avatar, and now he's kind of gone over to his enemy which we haven't yeah. met yet. <laughs> like, it's mm. just kind of... It, it's... It's it's weird that, like, the other gods don't know where Amit is buried. <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't know, it's like... Parts of the story are intriguing. Yeah. They're pulling me along. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's like every time I watch an episode... Because, like, we've... um, I'll talk about it next week, maybe. Because mm. I actually forgot until we were, like, halfway through the podcast. But, like, we... Me and my sister have been watching Moon Knight and Halo basically side by side oh wow and I, i'm more excited for halo even though oh, wow. i also I don't think it's all that great yeah like yeah. that show is also kind of but it's like i end up being more excited for it because it's just kind of it knows what it is when yeah. moon knight feels very kind of split between several things it wants to be several because like the third episode had like the like tomb hunting like yep. the tomb raiding that was that part. was the most mummy like episode yeah and i thought i was thinking during it's like man why can't the whole show be like this because <laughs> i really enjoyed that part it, it has a boba fett problem i like like where the parts that were really awesome were not shown as much as you know what i mean like like this is yeah. like kind of the swashbuckling that adventure style and like that whole visual like thing of you know like the the cool stuff around you know conchu blanketing like creating an eclipse like that was awesome and then like Contru basically yeah. rewinding the night sky to the night when, you know, he was like Amit was banished or whatever. Like, that is crazy cool. Like those things, but you don't get enough of it. It's like all their budget went to that, and then all the other CGI, all the other visuals, and everything are kind of like lacking. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. It's like I'm not. I don't know. I don't have too much to say about it. I think. Yeah. Every time I think about my thoughts, and it's just like it kind of a general blur of. I didn't like it much. <laughs> so, fair enough, fair but enough. it's like, I don't know. I'm curious to see how the next two episodes go. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm curious if it really does a lot of work to kind of redeem the series in my eyes or whether yeah. it doesn't. Yep, I'm yep. not sure. In, um, but it's like, because, you know, because it's six episodes. So, two yeah. episodes is like a big chunk of it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that at the beginning of episode five, you kind of get the, um, you sort of get like a twist like Loki, like kind okay. of expanding on. You know, when the hippo shows up, like you get a little bit more context about what that means and stuff. So it's it's kind of cool, and um, yeah, like that's that seems seems like it's been um, I'm excited to see how it ends. Like I'll, I'll be honest, like I think the yeah. last episode comes out tonight, so I guess by next week we'd we'll both be finished, hopefully with this with the show, and we can kind of maybe talk a bit more about how it ends. That'd be mm. interesting. Yeah. I'll try and be less of a buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's all good, man. Everyone's got their opinions. Dude, yeah. that's all good. Um, but yeah. I know you watch Band of Brothers. Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's I won't much say too much say about it. I've got two there's like it's like a ten episode miniseries from twenty years ago. Yes. About World <laughs> War Two. Yep. Um I I don't know why I suddenly wanted to watch it. I'm sure I saw the name at some point. It's like, oh yeah. And so I just started watching it. Uh, and then you realize where all those Call of Duty, like kind of like Call of Duty, just rips off a lot of stuff from that and Saving Private Ryan, maybe well, the original Call actually, of Duties. Yeah, because I think it was like kind of a follow, like a successor to Saving to, Private yeah. Ryan. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like Steven Spielberg's companies involved yeah, and yeah. stuff. Um, 
but it's um, quite a lot of young yes, actors, got... like quite a lot of prominent actors you see like very young. Even Vin oh, Diesel's that's why it in came there. up. I remember yeah. now, and it came up because like of the, all the talk discussion of the last couple of weeks about the most expensive TV shows ever made. Yeah, and this one and the the Pacific, which are both kind of the same, you know, HBO oh, yeah, 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 series. Yeah. yeah. It's like those came up, and it's like, oh, that's right. I haven't seen Band of Brothers. That's why I started watching it. Um, but um, <laughs> what a just, weird! Wow. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I don't have too much to say about it, other than it really reminds me of watching a sports drama. In that, okay. it is like exactly what you, the average person, especially like a fifty-year-old white man, would want from a war story. Underdogs you know, fighting like it, against it, it's odds. It's all the main points. <laughs> It like, you know, it doesn't, um, it does like all the main, like it has like, you know, the first episode is like basic training yeah. and getting, but except it's like a full episode length, which is actually right. really satisfying okay. for that kind of, you know, yeah. like usually that would be like 20 minutes or something in a yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like when the, when the ragtag group of people get together, yeah, like it's kind of setting that like, up. Okay. Yeah. Which is like, and it's like, that's kind of what it is. It's like a whole, it's one of those like pretty cliched. Uh, it's based on real events, I think, like yeah. you know, yeah. like a real book. But it's like it's one of those like relatively cliched war stories stretched out its ten episodes, where it spends a lot of time on each core part of that story cool. that you've definitely seen and heard several times. Yeah, but it's it's very satisfying in the same way like a sports drama thing is, where it's mm. like it has the exact same structure that you expect it to have, and it doesn't really do anything to diverge gotcha. from that structure in your but head. But it just does it well. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Which is like, I wasn't expecting. I mean, I should have expected that, like, really. But it's like, like, do the episodes yeah. kind of focus on one particular person in the, you know, in the in the group, like, uh, and like their stories? Okay, cool. It's like a, it's a big troop, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I presume. Like it, yeah, oh, it ends sorry. up being kind of a pretty. Oh, um, it ends up being a pretty like bleak. You know, it's like it's a war, World War Two with yeah. a platoon that's like at the front of the war. So a lot of it's just about how painful and bleak that yeah. experience yeah. was. It's so not. It's, it's not, not trying to advertise war as a glorious thing. Like, it, it is kind of because yeah. it's like that kind of. Oh yeah, pride. But it's like, yeah, yeah a little bit. I can imagine. But it that. is trying to, yeah. Okay. It's Twenty years old, and the cast is incredibly white. I don't think there's any black people in it at all. Which is. <laughs> oh no, in, there's one. <laughs> which is in like contrast to how the war was actually fought. I think like. Yeah, I mean, that's there how. Were a lot of. I mean, not just North African troops part of the kind of the the allies but also in the like african-american troops and regiments and stuff mm. which um yeah yeah so. that stood out to me because it's like yeah it's like 2002 or 2001 and yeah. it's like boy it's like no diversity whatsoever <laughs> not even you know like it's not even necessarily just you know african-american people but it's like oh you know anyone yeah yeah <laughs> it's just like an irish and yeah <laughs> wow wow anyway that's whatever <laughs> 20 years <laughs> fair enough yeah so i'm not saying yeah it's anyway so can you can, watch sonic the hedgehog? <laughs> sonic the hedgehog 2 which i had a uh i watched that that was like a couple of days after we recorded the last episode so i was so bummed out oh. that i couldn't talk about it fresh but uh sonic the hedgehog 2 it's it's more of the first movie it's like it's a lot of dumb fun and a lot of jokes and a lot of in jokes like literally references to sega mega drive slash genesis manuals and like Robotnik going over the wall, like it, it, it was, it was a lot of fun, and it's like it's like kind of predictable in a way. Like I'm not gonna say that it's anything groundbreaking, which don't expect that coming from a Sonic movie, but 
it has a lot more of that fun that you that you enjoyed in in the original. It, like it knows what it is. It knows it's like ninety minutes of dumb fun, but it has a lot of fun, a lot of jokes. It's some to the detriment. Like one, there's literally a joke about worker, you know, you know, worker rights <laughs> in games companies, and like like that's like that's not that's a very weird joke to make in a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, especially given the fact that. Like remember the original Sonic the Hedgehog movie had that really kind of drastic redesign of Sonic's like character. Yeah. And that definitely yeah. resulted in a lot of crunch and a lot of lost hours for the visual effects people, right? So it's like mm. you, like even very that tasteless. it's very tasteless, yeah. Um but it, it it definitely has a lot of visual nods, a lot of kind of nods to um the Sonic the Hedgehog games and stuff and it was cool, like even the kids, like who were in the movie theater. It was like, it was like parents and kids, and like the dad would be wearing a Sonic the Hedgehog T-shirt. You know what I mean? It was, it was kind of cool, and like, uh, like I would be like, oh my god, that reference, and the kids, and like the kids are coming at it from like watching Sonic Boom and maybe playing some of the recent games like Sonic Mania, whereas the parents are like kind of coming at it from like playing, you know, Mega Drive and Genesis when they were kids. And, like, yeah. the Sonic the Hedgehog games that I played mostly were the Sonic Advance games on emulator back, like, you know, 20 years ago now. So, everyone's got, kind of got their, like, reference to Sonic. But it was so cool. It was, like, I think I only played Sonic Heroes a lot. Wow. <laughs> like, remember those ones? <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a, that, that's, a, that's a deep pull. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it, it was a lot of fun. A lot of dumb jokes there. But it, it's just... Like it's endearing in the same way that the original was. Like, you know, Ben Schwartz does a really good job play like being Sonic and like that whole like relationship with him and, and, and Tom not Tom Wachowski. Yeah, I guess Tom Wachowski is the character, but like James Marsden's character and it, it's just it's a it's a it's just a lot of silly fun. And um yeah, it's uh definitely like a you know, I'm not sure if you'd want to pay for it in movie theaters, but definitely when it comes out on Netflix or whatever, I'd definitely give it a watch. I don't think you'd waste your time with it. Um, and there's obviously a teaser for a third movie, which you know. <laughs> yeah, I think I know what that is. Interesting. I I yeah, it. which is interesting because I think Jim Carrey is like thinking about retiring from acting. So, yeah, he announced he's not doing movies anymore. So it's so, like or not acting anymore. So like a Sonic the Hedgehog movie without Robotnik is going to be a very weird movie. But you know, mm. I-, I liked it. Tales. Tails was excellent, like the actress who played Tails, and I think she actually is the voice of Tails in the TV show, so that's probably why it kind of gels so well. Like, kind of really worked there. Um, Knuckles, the Echidna, like, you know, Idris Elba, I could take it or leave it, but he, he kind of he kind of plays like a Drax-like character in that he's like kind of like takes everything too literally. He's like a warrior, and he, you know, he, he doesn't understand sarcasm and things like that. So they kind of play off that a little bit, um, yeah. So I I definitely had fun with it. Like it was a lot of fun just just seeing the stuff happen on screen and a lot of the visual gags and everything. And yeah, it it, it was it was definitely um, fun. Uh, let's see. I don't. You haven't seen it yet, have you? No, I've only seen the first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts on it. Like, okay. Es- yeah, especially that joke about workers' rights. That'll be um. Yeah, you'll you'll know it. You'll you'll be like, oof, yeah. like, I can't believe they said that. Um, I also yeah. watched finished Attack on Titan season one. You know, like nine years too late, but really good show, fantastic. It's it's like one of those shows that just makes you want to keep watching. 
and apparently like it even yeah. get it gets better from here which is like for anime a huge achievement because i feel like most anime from season two onwards like doesn't do as well um yeah i think it's like very divisive yeah in terms of quality and like in terms mm. of how people see it yeah um, yeah but yeah it stays it's it's good for like i enjoyed the majority of it yeah um yeah, it's it's yeah, it's good. It's very like plot heavy. In a yeah, good way. for sure, for sure. It knows how to. Yeah, I had to go on Reddit and figure out the viewing order and what's compulsory viewing and what's not. Um, yeah. I like oh. the overs and stuff. Yeah. I would love it for those. Yeah, all this so weird. So that was a lot of fun, and I'm gonna. I've started season two, so I'm keen to continue that. Um, and then I watched The Lost City over the weekend, which is that new Sandra Bullock slash Channing Tatum movie. It's sort of like okay. Jumanji in a way, where it's like very tongue in cheek. And like it's it's just dumb, and you can kind of like see the twists from far away. But it's it's just like dumb. It's just dumb just, action. Yeah. Sorry. I just remembered I watched Uncharted. I yeah, forgot so that happened. I'm sure that it's very similar to that. Yeah. Uh, like wow, you watch Uncharted and you do dumb Jumanji-like music uh, movie. And I was like, oh, that's right. I watched Uncharted. <laughs> what did you but, think uh, of Uncharted? Did you like it? Um. Uh, uh, kind of. It was about the exact quality I expected from it. It's yeah. like very mediocre. It's like <laughs> I, it, it reminded me how like it really doesn't do anything particularly well. It yeah. oh, like it does like, it does a couple of things, but otherwise it's I don't know. It doesn't really mm. like leave you thinking or remembering much. It's just like oh, okay, that was that the movie that I expected to get. Yeah. Um, but it did remind me that it's like I remember seeing people like upset it was doing well or like you know surprised it was doing well in the box yeah. office because it ended up making money you know like it didn't yeah. end up bombing and i was thinking about how like it makes total sense because like Juman- i always think of jumanji and lost city would be part of it mm. where like jumanji making a way more money than anyone expected is kind of you know the first like new wave of like classic adventure movies because yeah. they, yeah. they, they don't make many of them anymore and they haven't no. for a while and Jumanji really remembered companies, like reminded companies and people that it's like, oh, that's right. These movies are fun and yeah. they're really easy and I want to go watch them. Sometimes <laughs> you don't of... need a giant hole in the sky with a with some sort of existential threat of the universe to have fun yeah. for two hours. Like that's, yeah, exactly. That's what Enchanted, <laughs> like it, it didn't surprise me that it did well because it's like, I don't think it, it didn't look great. It wasn't great. Yeah. But it's like, it's a movie you just go to because like, oh, that'll be exactly what I want from it. Yeah. And it is mostly. <laughs> yeah like did you did, have you played the uncharted games yeah yeah so you know um, like how, how did you find it in terms of capturing <clears throat> i guess what was it like like the tomb raider games are kind of so it's like the uncharted series was criticized as being called you know dude raider when it was like oh it's lara croft but a dude with a lot more killing yeah. and then <laughs> lara croft was kind of like a female like 90s edgy take on Indiana Jones, which itself is like kind of like a, you know, take on like classic pulp kind of like adventure stories and stuff. So how do you find that the the game translated to the movie? Do you think the games did a better job of being cinematic than the movie? I'm not sure I did a better job, but like it did it. Uh, yeah, because I was going to write something about it. I'm not sure if I'll finish it. Uh, like, oh, because I ended up like, basically I ended up like logging my thoughts mm. on it. So I have some stuff to say. Sure. So like, um, which I, again, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> uh, so part of it is like, I thought, I thought uh, Sully was, I thought Wahlberg was largely a bad fit for Sully because his mm. role in the movie is to be like the mentor that, oh, he's meant to be like the, you know, the, like 
I'm not sure if he's a mentor. Like he is a mentor in the games, but yeah. in the movie he's not quite meant to be there yet. But it's like he's you know, he's meant to be someone who you don't trust, you know you shouldn't trust. But in the game, that how I saw him and how I saw like Wahlberg was kind of trying to play him but failing. He's meant to be someone that you kind of want to he's meant to be a character you know you can't trust, but you really kind of want to and end up trusting yeah. regardless. Because you just want to believe that he'll do better next time. Yeah, that's how I saw him. Because in the games, and, it was like that. Yeah, at least a little bit. It's, yeah. a, it's just like that arc of his life. He was, was like flawed done. but lovable. By the time he started, yeah, like and Wahlberg's. I don't find him to fit that kind of character much at all. Um, so I didn't like that. I thought the casting was otherwise fine. I thought it's like, it's very much. I think it's trying to be kind of a prequel to where the games start. Yeah, largely. Like I think. Like it, Felt more like yeah. that than I expected. Like Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, I think is a great casting because he's got the yeah. physicality and the like. He pulls off the you know the like Spider Man is very like he's very good at quips and you believe him when he does delivers the quips and stuff, right? And like yeah. and and you believe him embodying the physicality of the character of the stunts and everything, right? Um, like Wahlberg, I, like I feel like Wahlberg. It, it, like in a lot of his roles he always calls out how dumb things are and it, like he's just that guy who reacts to everything he's like whereas I don't know a Sully uh, like a Sully needs to be someone who's like you believe them as being someone who's kind of been doing it for a while and like it's, it's, it's not kind of like I'm, I'm over this shit but like is is a bit more knowing than I don't know yeah, than what it looks kind like of, I haven't seen it but like, yeah yeah, because he's like introduced as someone who's oh yeah, I should have said spoilers at some point. Whoops. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but he's like introduced as someone who's like just in the first scene, he yeah. feels kind of like scary. Yeah, in a way that you don't really like. He feels like a threat, in a way. And then right afterwards, he kind of stops being that. He kind of starts being kind of dopey and making a lot of like jokes that undermine whatever kind of role he's meant to be having in a serious sense. Yeah, he just kind of ends up being like the straight man to Holland and everything else around him. Um, so it's oh, what was the other thing? Oh yeah, like speaking of Spider Man as well, mm. that's like pretty much Holland's entire moveset in terms of like as an action hero, <laughs> which I actually found kind of interesting. It's like he's very agile and nimble. Yeah, it's like oh, this is kind of actually unusual. Yeah, for like an action hero protagonist, you think of like John Wick or one of the Fast and Furious movies where Vin Diesel's just superhuman. They just bro- bricks. Just- yeah, 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 yeah. They're made out of bricks, and they just hit people they're like, just like they are invincible. Yeah, exactly. It's oh. like this one, you know, like he moves around like Spider-Man, basically. Like he's kind yeah. of, you know, moving yeah. very quickly and nimbly, hmm. which I found kind of like, oh, that was kind of clever. Makes sense cop. for a young Nathan Drake, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought so. Yeah, and like also, there's not much like shooting in it. Yeah, which I, I thought for the it's like, oh, they actually did a pretty good job focusing this around punching each other even though okay. there are guns in it even, which i thought was kind of clever even even though like all of nathan game nathan drake's game appearances just involve him killing hundreds of people yeah exactly it's like I, I suppose it's, yeah like it's a movie it's a very different yeah, thing yeah but i was kind of i was like i realized towards the end it's like oh yeah drake i don't he shoots people he shoots at people like once or twice and otherwise, the story ends up being about like a proper, you know, swashbuckling adventure, like an Indiana where Jones, he's, like, jumping from place to place, That's cool. escaping people or punching people or whatever. Okay, it's, yeah. So, do you think uh, this did a better job of swashbuckling than 
Like, do you, how do you think this compares? Like, because I feel like a movie like The Mummy is like a fun. That's like on the fun scale of swashbuckling. Yeah, you know what I mean, and then like maybe. I guess like even Indiana Jones can be serious, but like, where does this kind of sit? Like, is this like very like tongue in cheek, or is this like a Moon Knight thing where it's kind of like a bit more serious? <laughs> on the scale of Moon Knight to, <laughs> to, to the to mummy. mummy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess it's close to the mummy. It's very okay. lighthearted. It's That's trying cool. to be. It's very, yeah. lots of wisecracks to kind of its own detriment sometimes because it's like really trying to get it out there, yeah. get them out there sometimes. Okay, fair um, enough. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure I had much else to talk did, about. Did the Chloe Frazier actress get her accent right? Because I feel like in the trailer... She just like came across very like robotic and like. I, I, I thought I she was good actually. Okay, good. I I'm glad that the it. movie is a bit better. Um, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if like in the next, I wonder if there's going to be a number one, like a number two. I'm, I'm sure there has to be. If it's done enough. I think they announced they're like okay. seeing it as a franchise, so I'm sure we'll yeah. see at least one more. Yeah. Just who would you cast as Sully if Wahlberg doesn't return? Who do you think would be a good Sully? Uh, don't say Chris I Pratt. I will slap you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like everyone's swashbuckler. Um, You'd look closer to it in grey hair. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Especially with but, a mustache. Yeah. Like, I mean, Peter but, Quill kind of looks like a young Sully with the mustache. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, actually, I, I don't know. Actually, speaking of, yeah, actually, Kurt Russell, maybe. He might actually not be a bad fit. He's old as well. He's old. That's the problem. <laughs> Oh, no, he's like that. Like he's he's ancient in the movie, in the games. Yeah, yeah, but ancient, that's like very... that's also like Nathan Drake in his late thirties, whereas this is like yeah. Nathan Drake's in it, Nathan Drake in his early twenties. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe, maybe uh, like it, like I can see him being like in like the old like when it's like setting an older version of Nathan Drake. But I guess like who would be like a young Kurt Russell? Like I'm just trying to think like who would be a good Sully because like uh, I'm just trying to think who who could play him very well because like. Um, yeah, I really can't think of any off the top of my head. <laughs> Damn, bad at that. We're terrible. <laughs> we're terrible at this. Um, yeah, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. Wahlberg's definitely got to stick around, I think, because he's a producer on it. <laughs> so oh, well, he he made money on both ends. Wow. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's done weird game stuff. Like, he did the mate. He was Max Payne for goodness' sake. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh That's right. god, who knows? We'll, we'll see. Like, I I. I just hope that it's um the next one might be look, captured a bit more of the awesomeness, um like kind of the awesome part of the games. Maybe it will. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it'll be just better I, written. Um, but yeah, did you play Battlefield as well? Yeah. So I uh, Battlefield. So Dice issued the 4.0 update, which is pretty crazy because that game's like five months, six months old, and it's already up to version <laughs> four. Uh, so yeah. in this, this was kind of the big update that I guess a lot of players. A lot of people are criticizing the game, saying this is what it should have been at launch. So the major features that were added were like a leaderboard <laughs> and voice chat, <laughs> as well as a lot of fixes to the gameplay and everything. Like guns, when you shoot people, it's a lot more accurate. Like bullets are actually registering now, which that's, I thought would what, be... That's good. <laughs> which I thought would be a launch feature, but clearly not. Yep. <laughs> so I've been playing and I've, I've been having fun. Obviously, the game requires a lot of like like i'm playing it at 4k and so to get like decent frame rates i've had to kind of s scale down the game to like 80 percent scaling which the annoying thing is like all those options aren't in the game 
which right. I don't understand why. It's got all these other advanced NVIDIA features and blah, blah, blah. But like things like show me the FPS counter in the game. I have to go into the command and like kind of add it in like an old school Counter-Strike thing. And like if I want to scale the picture, so like I can't run the game at 100%. I have to scale the image down to 80%. Still looks good, but like I have to turn everything down to like medium or low, which is fine because mm. the game still looks good. But it's like... Like, why do I have to go to consoles? Why do I have to look up multiple YouTube videos to figure out how to get this game running properly? You know what I mean? That's frustrating. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it's just like PC gaming in a nutshell. Sometimes, yeah. But otherwise, like I've actually, I actually enjoyed the time that I played with it. Like in it, like mm-hmm. definitely, like the specialists, I can take it or leave it. I kind of just look. I just kind of use like a couple of specialists and just be like, okay, you're my sniper person and you're my healing person, and then maybe yeah. I'll do an engineer like. I think I think the specialists in general aren't a bad idea, but I think what DICE needs to do is actually say, okay, you know how in Overwatch and games like that, they're like, okay, you, you're a tank, you're a damage dealer, you're a healer, right? Or you're yeah. a magic user. So if the game had more of that saying, okay, well, the traditional sniper slash recon, medic, assault, and engineer person or support, like, you know, okay, so you're the person who gets the, you know, cloaking or you get, like, the reconnaissance stuff and you get to use the sniper rifles. But these are three specialists you can choose from that have different abilities. I think if the game actually did that rather than just throwing you in and being like, okay, you can yeah. choose whatever you want. Like Yeah, because I remember... Yeah. Sorry. But, like, I remember when we originally talked about it around that launch. Was a, yeah. And I was very wrong in... Well, not very wrong, but, you know... A fair bit wrong on my understanding of how the specialists worked. Mm. I looked about after and never, you know, we ended up never talking about it again. I think, <laughs> like specifically about Cause, that, because no one um, talked about Battlefield again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's like I remember thinking like that. You're like what you're saying is like exactly what I was thinking. It's like, oh, why would they? Like I see now because I was looking at the specialists individually, yeah. and yeah. Lo- like half of them at least, I was like, okay, this one's meant to be this class. This one's yeah. meant to be that class. Yeah, and some of them are a little more loose. Yeah, and it's the thing. It's like, man, it's all like. It seems like yeah, like why didn't they just do what they you did? You like you're like, saying, it's yeah. Like, whereas now it's like you can play anything, and so you don't know who's what, you know. Yeah. So like before, you had you had a very clear idea. Okay, I know you. You're the medic person. I'd run to you because you had that character profile. You had those armor, whatever. You know, you had the med packs on you. Like it's like why not have a hybrid? Why get rid of that completely? Because I don't think anyone is complaining about that. It's like they fixed something yeah. that wasn't broken, but then they ended up breaking another like another part of the game and i don't know if they can fix it now because it seems like such a fundamental part of the game but if i were dice i would say okay you get to choose these specialists and these specialists have these gadgets and stuff that work for them like hero abilities you could think of it that way right but then group them underneath those class designations and so you know if someone's got one of these characters they're going to have you know, they're going to be the person to resupply me. They're going to be the one with the machine gun. Like, traditionally, over the past couple of Battlefields, it's been... I mean, like, Battlefield, like... It's been like, okay, one's a medic class. One's an engineer class. One's a sniper class. And one's a support class, which is, like... They... Uh, ammunition supplies and things like that. They get the heavy weapons, like machine guns and stuff. The engineers get repair tools and things like that, but they don't get to carry as many heavy weapons, right? And the snipers get the sniper rifles and the marksman rifles, but they can't use like assault rifles and things like that. And then the and then the medic class is like, okay, you have like a 
like an assault rifle and kind of like you're like a kind of general person, right? So those already worked and they worked well and now it's kind of like a mishmash of everything and you don't know who is what, what they can do. Can, like, you know, can they help me? Can they not help me? Can they revive me? Can they not revive me? Um, you know, what is my squad made up of? And it's it's really like silly. It seems like yeah. an unnecessary problem they've created. Um, but like, like I think the game fundamentally now is a is a better place. Like, I mean, it's now the problem is like getting that player base back because, like, most of the matches I was playing was like full of bots, which is weird. Yeah, so there was an out like um, people noticed like a few weeks ago or so mm. that like battle like the steam player base is like under a thousand or something it was, like it was that. Like it's really, really low. bad <laughs> yeah yeah and it got a boost in the week that i was playing because that's when the update came out so that's like mm. i started seeing a lot more people there and what happens is like apparently like every time you end a match it dumps everyone out of the queue and starts matchmaking again rather than what it used to do it'd be like okay we're going to take oh, these right. group of players and we're going to start another match now like this is this is covered in a level cap video. He's like one of the big YouTubers around Battlefield, and he said that, like before, what would happen is that you'd just be grouped with the same people, and they just steamroll you. If you're a, if they're a really tough team, they would just continuously beat you game after game. So Dice is like, okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna have everyone go back to matchmaking, and you're gonna pull from a, a new pool of players, which is great if you have a lot of players, <laughs> but if you yeah. don't, you're still gonna match with the same people. It's just now taking two to three minutes instead of. A minute like to find a game mm. and it's silly it's just yeah and like you think the easiest yeah. solution to that would just jumble who was already there if you really know it to fix that issue right but, right yeah like it you know what i mean that that makes sense and then that means the matchmaking can start okay you can start the next round with this group and then maybe at the end of like what battle for you to do was like okay at the end of maybe two or four games then it would shuffle everyone like you know, you get one one side. You get you start off one side of the map, and then the next one you start off as the defenders or whatever, and you kind of shuffle it around that way. But now it's just like now most of the games start off with a lot of bots until real players kind of join in. And it's like I'm yeah. getting a lot of kills and stuff on AI, and it's like I don't feel like I'm and the AI is dumb. <laughs> like it's not like I'm getting. It's it's not like Titanfall where the games are so small that like. You have you have the core players, and then the AI is just kind of like fodder for you to level up or to get extra XP and stuff, right? In this, it's like the players you're fighting are AI. Yeah. So it it kind of robs you of the victory of like, oh, I've I've got that shot. I did really well in this gunfight. It's like no, you just they're just dumb. You're gonna win it anyway. Yeah. I mean, now that yeah, your bullets true. are actually registering, <laughs> your <laughs> you know, it's um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. My, yeah, my it's worry, like, have fun yeah. against these mannequins, please. And that's the thing, like, um, yeah, Battlefield's, gun finally works. Battlefield's already going to Game Pass and things like that. Like, it's, they're probably going to have to make it, like, a free game eventually. Then it's like, what happens to all of us who were, who pre-ordered? I mean, maybe that's a, maybe that's a, like, indictment on people like me who pre-order games. But it's like, why should I have to suffer just because I was excited about something? You know? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But you'll get a bunch of profile decals. Oh, for sure. And it's, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, anyway, it's um yeah. it's a I need it needs more maps as well. Like I I th- I really think it's got like a handful of maps which I mm. get it, they're huge scale and things like that, but it's like 
you don't need all that scale if you just have a variety. Like, you don't need 128 players. It's good on the box, but it's like, when maps take, like, when you can't get to a vehicle and it takes you, like, f- literally three minutes to run from an objective to another one, that sucks because you're just running out there in the open and just getting sniped because yeah. there's, no, there's no way to get from here to there. Um, it's like an amazing problem for a game to have is like, okay, we started, we're making maps bigger and bigger and the more, the bigger they get, the harder they are to make and yeah. the slower they are to make. Like, <laughs> and now they're just exactly. a few of them. And, and the thing, like, if, if, if DICE literally said, we're going to do a throwback, like one of the map sets we're going to do is a throwback map from like Battlefield 4, I don't think anyone would complain, even even though like, you know, some people might say, oh, they're just copying and pasting, blah, blah, blah. But like, because some of those maps are really good and, and really resonated. Like there's there's maps like Wake Island that people really resonate with. Uh, maps like, um you know, uh, like Shanghai, um, Siege of Shanghai and stuff that were iconic from Battlefield 4. Like I loved Gwilin Peaks. That was like one of my favorite maps of any game, any shooter ever from Battlefield Four, and that would I think could do really well here. But Metro, Metro, like you know, like they're not there. They're all missing. Like, yeah, yeah. I was basically anyway. laughing about that. One. <laughs> no, no, like Is that, that one that became like a, a fan favorite. Yeah. So that's yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it's just a murder. Like, like you basically tunnel the murder, but it's still mm. a lot of crazy fun. Like, imagine, like imagine yeah, having it's like better a, than what you got now. <laughs> well, yeah, like imagine like. It was kind of like the idea that was there in Battlefield 3 and 4 where it's like kind of stages of a map, right? And imagine now with 128 players, you have maps that stretch out over kilometers. You could have an entire section that was like Operation Metro, but within a larger map where another part of the map could be like, okay, so this is the train station part. And then this is like, what was it? Zavod. 311 which was like one of the maps there where it was like it's like in like a train yard where the trains are built right so you could have like one side is where the trains are like running and then the other side of the map are where the the train yards are like and you could have two different types of fights with helicopters on one side and then on the inside it's like kind of on foot and stuff like battlefield like the developers are talented enough to do that it's just where was that like why like why did ea rush this game out you know, it's yeah. it seems like a game that I don't think maybe people are just burnt out on the th- of the Ubisoft thing of we'll release a game that's shit and then we'll take five years to fix it. I think maybe players are burnt out with that and are not willing to give that chance anymore. Yeah, I think I don't know it's still it's still so weird to me that they didn't just do Battlefield Four again. Yeah, because I keep thinking about how like that was my like so like. That was like the only expectation I had. Yeah. When they announced that's what I wanted. That's all I wanted. Yeah, I know. It's like what everyone wanted. And it's just like, okay, that's exactly what they're doing. I'm certain of it. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, especially after last, like after um, World War Two or whatever it's called. Yeah. uh, Battlefield Five. Well, like, like literally, they went World War One, World War Two, and then future. Yeah. But it's like after five, you know, like five was a disappointment Mm. financially and critically. I think it's like you know it didn't do well. So you'd think they'll go, okay, back to the drawing board. We'll do a yeah. normal one that will, like people will like, mm. which I guess was kind of five as well because that was still relatively traditional. Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. Exactly. And it's just like, um, yeah, like all the friends that I used to play Battlefield with, they just checked out. Yeah. Like they just went back to Battlefield 4. And they, they were playing Battlefield, like one of them, he's been playing Battlefield 4 since launch. He... He tried one, didn't like it, went back. I don't even think he played five. 
I only played five because it came free with my graphics card when I got it. Because it was like some right. promo code, that and Anthem. <laughs> Which if I could give back to get a discount on the card, I would I would do no. that in a heartbeat. Got yeah. a roll with EA. Oh, you know, yeah. Like like some of my favorite games ever, EA, you know, Mass Effect, Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit, um, Battlefield 4. Like EA has made really awesome games before, but it's like, where's that EA? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I love Dragon Age Inquisition, but I don't know if the new Dragon Age is going to be that good. Like I, I don't mm. trust EA as a company to to focus on the right things and give its teams the right tools. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's why. And and, oh, and everyone deserves I a don't. good game. Everyone deserves yeah, exactly. good games. Sorry, John. No, sorry. <laughs> it's like, I just wanted to mention it before I forgot. Something I've been like I thought about while watching Band of Brothers is like <laughs> it distinctly reminded me of Medal yeah. of Honor. And that that game existed. Yes, yes. <laughs> I forgot about that series. I was like, oh, that's right. Like, because I think Medal of Honor was like 1998, 1999. It was developed like at the height of like Saving Private Ryan fever, like World War Two kind of nostalgia. Yeah, because yeah, um, it feels like it. Like yeah. I didn't realize until because I've seen Saving Private Ryan kind of recently, but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think of Medal of Honor. Yeah. But it's like I think because like I think I've only played one of the Wii ones. When I was like wow. way younger, <laughs> yeah, 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 like because yeah. that that one was like a paratrooper base. Yes, as well. yes, that's the and one. That, that's um, what Band of Brothers is about. Oh, I forget what it was called. Yeah, like this, yeah, it, I remember that being well reviewed. Like people liked that one. Yeah, and that's like that. I think that's what, like, whatever those like very you know latent men- memories in my genetics. Medal of Honor used to be a cinematic game. That's what we, people used to think of as a cinematic game. Yeah. You know, like, like there was girls. a story, there was all these cutscenes, and there was all these like kind of diary entries and stuff. Like a whole character, like whole lore was built around your character and stuff. And yeah, yeah, because I was thinking it's like, admittedly, the World War Two games seem to have like fallen mostly flat with yeah. like COD and well, there was too many eventually. Oh no, I just mean the I mean, recent, the recent one. ones. Yeah, yeah. I was they just thinking it's like why did why did do another one? Because I remember them being cool. <laughs> And then it's like, oh, okay, I know why they're not making another one. Yeah. <laughs> and like Call of Duty, well. like the Medal of Honor games were influenced by Saving Private Ryan. And the people who made Medal of Honor hated EA and basically forked off and created Infinity Ward and, and created the Call oh, of Duty right. series. And the Call of Duty series borrowed heavily from, I think, uh, Band of Brothers at the time, like telling the whole story, oh. like from the different perspectives and then telling the soldier story. Like, okay, you're going to go from this soldier from basic training to like his missions and traveling around and you meet like you're basically following the same group of people and things like that and then it kind of flashes to the other soldier from like the german not german but like the british perspective and like i don't know if you've played the original call of duty one and two but it was a lot more kind of like telling the story of an individual soldier uh, and yeah. stuff like that um yeah over the years i've kind of you know someone like i hear about someone playing it for the first like you know reading Mm-hmm. comments from someone reading it like having played it recently it's like oh that's right like they were, they were meant to be very good or <laughs> yeah they're so yeah. different from what they are nowadays oh, like i i think call of duty one got like nines and like eights and nines when it came out back in 2003 like that's how long yeah, ago like, we're talking mm, yeah yeah, but, mm. yeah anyway Bring that's, it back. Um, that's, back. that's uh that's going to do it for another episode of double jump radio as always please come and say hi um live on twitch ask us questions We'll read out your questions and some of the responses you give, just like we did with Kai and Ruby earlier tonight. Um, and if you have questions at home, please write in at podcast at doublejump.co and we'll answer them on next week's show. As always, uh, Double Jump Radio is made possible thanks to the support of our wonderful members. 
You too can support Double Jump by heading to doublejump.co slash memberships and signing up today or heading over to patreon.co slash, sorry, patreon.com slash doublejump um, and finding us there and becoming a patron. But yeah, John, uh, once again, thank you so much. Always appreciate um, you know, our chats <laughs> and catching up every week and talking about the gaming news. Um, but yeah, that's it's been it's been awesome, dude. Good to yeah, be back. No worries. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no worries. Uh, yeah, glad to be talking again. Excited for more of it. <laughs> yeah. Excited to um, maybe finish off our moon night talk next week. Yeah. No, we'll see how that goes. Maybe I'll get into yeah, that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure I'm watching it after this. Yeah. So. Yep, yep. I'll be, um, maybe I'll get into the Overwatch 2 later. Yeah, well, I'm curious. We'll find out. Well, until next time.